It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Jonathan Isaac is back for the Orlando Magic, but I don't think any of us could have expected him to do what he did to help the Magic defeat the Boston Celtics. Not just defeat the Boston Celtics, but dominate the best team in the league on a nine-game winning streak. We got a lot to get to. It's a packed show. It's a big show after a big win. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 24th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Jonathan Isaac returns after a two-year absence from the floor. More than two years. More than 900 days between the last time he stepped on an NBA court and Boy, did he miss very few beats if he missed any at all. How Jonathan Isaac impacted winning for the Orlando Magic and how the hell the Orlando Magic defeated the Boston Celtics and dominated them for a 115 to, or 112 to 98 win. They won by it. They won by a healthy amount. We'll get to that coming up here. Plus, go through the box scores we usually do after games coming up in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. That's that's what it says in the copy. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We have been waiting for this day for two years. August 2nd, 2020. It feels like a lifetime ago. We've had so many things happen (laughs) 
Um, since the last time we saw Jonathan Isaac on the NBA floor, we, we've had even more happen since the last time we saw Jonathan Isaac in front of fans. Uh, it's it's really unfathomable to think what 904 days is. In the life of a basketball player, in the life of an athlete, that is forever. In games that are 48 minutes long, that are decided by seconds, 904 days, two and a half years, almost three full years since Jonathan Isaac was regularly, in, more than three full years actually, since Jonathan Isaac was regularly in a rotation. There are only three players left from the last time Jonathan Isaac suited up for the Orlando Magic. Just three players on the roster remaining in those three years. And one of them didn't even play tonight. It, it's a long, long time. And it's really hard to put all that into perspective and to think about just the enormity of that time, of that time lost, of that time spent on the sideline, of that time not being able to do the simplest things. I had a lot of friends who've been asking me forever, where's Jonathan Isaac? What's his deal? When's he going to come back? And trying to project what he will be when he returns. I had a lot of people thinking and trying to put the cart before the horse a little bit saying, you know, getting Isaac back is going to help this team's defense so much. And my response to all of them was like, whoa, 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 slow down. The goal is just to get him out there. We talked about in the offseason. I know I wrote a post about it. I think I talked about it on this podcast too. The goal for Jonathan Isaac was simply to play. His stats don't matter how many points he scores doesn't matter. His defense doesn't matter. He just needs to play. You can't do anything if the guy's not playing. And this game, this first game back, didn't matter who it was against, but this first game back was simply more about him stepping onto the court and playing. He, scored a, he could have scored two points tonight, and it would have been a victory. That's, that's the plain truth of it. And, and as, as, as obviously he had a really good game, <laughs> you know, like I, I think most of you, this isn't going to be breaking news. Jonathan Isaac played really well. He was, he was really good, um, especially for a guy who was out two, two and a half years. Um, he was impactful and, and, and helped the Magic win this game against the Boston Celtics. As people began, I, I, I got texts from, from, from friends, from family members, from, from other, fan, other fans who are like, okay, what does this mean for the rotation? How can we get Jonathan Isaac back up to speed sooner? I was like, no, 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 again, no, 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 no. The goal is for him to do this again Wednesday, just, just to play again Wednesday, just to slowly build that all back up. It's going to take time and he's going to have setbacks and, He's going to have bad games. They're going to come. They happen with Marco Fultz. They'll happen with Jonathan Isaac. But I don't think anyone could have imagined Isaac having this much of an impact this soon. Or being able to fit so seamlessly into this vision, whatever this vision is, of this Orlando Magic team. Isaac was limited to just 10 minutes. He played 936 in this game. Jamal Mosley said he was going to keep. He, he was on an eight to ten minute restriction, which isn't a lot of time. And it was amazing how quickly that time went, and yes, how tired Jonathan Isaac still looked 
at the end of just four minutes. He's got a ways to go, guys. Like, like let's 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 be real. He's going to be on this minute restriction for a little bit. I would imagine the hope is that they'll be able to turn him up to you know twenty four minutes by the All Star break or around the All Star break. Um, it's it, it's going to be a while. That first stint for Isaac in the first half was just about him getting his feet wet. He missed a layup on his first possession, on his first touch. He tried to drive to the basket, and he was going to drive to that basket. With his first touch, he was going to the basket. That was that was for sure. And he missed it. Missed it short. Overcooked, you know, overcooked it, got a little excited. His second touch, his second play, he drove in on Jalen Brown and hit a turnaround jumper over him. And as Isaac would say after the game, that's when he started to feel comfortable again. His presence was real. His size is real and was not something the Celtics really like to deal with. If there's a reason why the Magic have such the Magic bother the Boston Celtics, it's their athleticism and their size. It bothers them. I I think Jalen Brown even had a comment to that effect that you know, their team very similar to Toronto on steroids or uh, Cleveland last year. They're just big, they're tall, they're long, they're athletic, and they're really difficult to handle. So when Orlando's really locked in, they're getting that kind of compliment from the Boston Celtics, from the best team in the league. So just just note that. We'll get into that a little bit coming up here in a minute. Um, but Isaac's first stint was about him. And I hate to say it, because I, I, I don't think I think that's fine that it was about him. I hate to say it. Isaac kind of hurt the team a little bit uh, in that first half. He was looking for shots. He was shot hunting a little bit. Uh, he was looking to attack. And you know, honestly, frankly, I, I can't blame him for that. Uh, I'm not going to blame him for that. He's been waiting two and a half years. Take all the shots you want, buddy. But the second half showed us, and this four-minute, four-and-a-half-minute stint in the second half, that's what really showed us the impact Isaac's going to make. His ability to hit threes. He had two three-pointers in the game. His ability to be disruptive defensively. His final play of the second half, he picked Jalen Brown clean, got the ball, lefted it over his head to Paolo Bancaro for a dunk, and that that helped Orlando build a double-digit lead. That was his essentially his final act in this game. And it was a big one that helped his team win. In all the ways that Isaac, in trying to get himself comfortable and and, and feel the ball a little bit, kind of took away from the team and the lead that they had built early in the first half, everything Isaac did built toward winning in the second half. And the Isaac we saw in the second half is the Jonathan Isaac that we know. Like I said, it, the results don't matter in this game. Jonathan Isaac scored 10 points, 4 for 7 shooting. He was plus 7 for the game. That's the least important part about Jonathan Isaac's game. The important part was we saw Jonathan Isaac be Jonathan Isaac. We saw that turnaround fadeaway jumper that he was starting to develop in 2020. And frankly, I still dream about that shot he had over Tobias Harris and the Philadelphia 76ers early in the 2020 season. That... I will look at that play because that was just that's that's what we envisioned for Jonathan Isaac. It's that ability to hit that three. It's ability to be a deterrent in the paint and as a defensive presence, 
even if he's not the one getting the stop, even if he's not actually blocking a shot. It's his ability to create turnovers and create some havoc. And yeah, Isaac is not a fully operational battle station yet. And that's okay. But Jonathan Isaac was out there making an impact. Not just making an impact, making a positive impact. And proving critical to a team that was winning. And more importantly, his presence just boosted everyone's energy. The Magic were not going to lose Jonathan Isaac's re-debut game. They were not losing this game. I'm sorry, Boston. You lost the moment you walked into the building. You know, you could claim that you didn't have the right focus, yada, 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 yada. They weren't winning this game. Could they have played better? Sure, absolutely. They should have played a lot better. The Magic, the magic bugged them. The Magic bothered them. I, I, I don't think Celtics fans want to admit that. I'm not here saying the Magic could beat Boston in a seven-game series, but... The Magic bother Boston a lot. And this is the potential the Magic have always had. And the potential the Magic want to continue to build. This is, though, step one for Jonathan Isaac. Let's not make it anything other than that. This was a beginning of a long journey. A journey that's going to continue on through the rest of this season, into the offseason, yeah, even into next season, because it takes a while to get it all back after the injuries that Jonathan Isaacs had. But this is quite a big first step. And I think we're all just happy for J.I. first and foremost as a human being to see him back on the floor, to see him have this moment and and, and to, to feel that crowd and to feel that love and that energy once again. To have that faith rewarded most of all. Um, I know the, the power of faith is that you don't need the reward, but it's still good to have that faith rewarded. And more importantly, we're excited to keep this journey going with him and to see where it takes us next. Of course, there was a game to play and boy, did the Magic play a good one. How the Orlando Magic stopped the Boston Celtics once again. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props and a whole bunch more. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. We all know that Paolo Bancaro is your favorite to win Rookie of the Year, but you can bet on so many different things with Paolo. Now that he's back over 20 points per game, I'm sure you can bet that over-under on Paolo Bancaro scoring in their next game against Indiana Pacers on Wednesday. Plus, That spread's going to be pretty good for the Magic considering how much the Pacers are struggling and how much good publicity the Magic are getting uh, with Jonathan Isaac's return. You can get all this all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So basketball fans, football fans, whatever you're a fan of, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, 
Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports partner, sportsbook partner, sorry, of the NFL. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yes, the big storyline from this game is Jonathan Isaac's return. Something we have been waiting for for years, something we have been waiting for for a long, long time, and something that felt so wholly rewarding. This was a moment a long time coming, and it was always going to give this organization, this team, the biggest energy boost possible. But this was also a game. And a big game at that is the Orlando Magic, you know, had a difficult outing against the Washington Wizards. They've been kind of treading water here. This is the kind of game that, in front of a sold-out crowd, you got to bring the energy, you got to bring the focus for. And you got to be able to play at a high level. And, you know, the Magic have been so up and down, it's hard to predict what you're going to get for them. And I think we all knew, coming off a blowout loss, this team usually bounces back well after blowout losses. But with Jonathan Isaac returning, there's going to be this added layer of focus and energy that you normally wouldn't get uh, in the middle of a season. Um, Boston, certainly with some of the injuries they face on a nine-game win streak, sure, it may have come in a little bit lackadaisical, a little bit kind of searching for themselves after the disruption to their lineup and to the things that were working. But frankly, the magic took it to them. And this is a point that I've been trying to emphasize and trying to say for a little while now, that really uh, the, the big signs for the Magic's success are their aggression, their assertiveness, uh, and their ability to really kind of push the tempo and, 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 and control the pace of a game. When the Magic are being attacked, when the Magic don't have control of that, that, that tempo, they can be really bad. But when they are aggressive, when they are assertive, when they are getting the paint, when they are forcing turnovers, when they are active defensively, when they are very much in control and confident, this Magic team is as good as anybody in the league. Or, or this team is capable, certainly, of beating anyone in the league. They, they, they just beat the Boston Celtics. Not only beat the Boston Celtics, they worked them. 113-98 to 98 was the final. This game had a lot of waves to it. And again, I think this is a real big point of growth for this team, is how they've been able to handle these waves. The first half was all really about the starting lineup and then Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony came in in that first half and took control of the game. He scored 13 of his 18 points in the first half, and very few of his shots were three-pointers. In fact, 
Cole Anthony was just 0 for 1 on three-pointers. He missed his only three-point shot because he was living in the rain, in the paint. He was getting downhill, getting to the basket and finishing. He had a dunk on a great lob from Franz Wagner. He blocked a Luke Cornette layup. Like, he was just flying around. You could feel his energy to, to, to match what he did last Friday against New Orleans. And that energy helped sustain the magic and build out a 14-point lead. Now, Boston came back from that. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, each at 26 points. They carried that offensive load. They got some help from Derek White. They got some help from Sam Hauser. And that got them back into the game. So this almost felt like a copy of the Washington game in that sense because the Stars did their thing and, and they were looking for some help. But the second half was all about the magic. The second half was all Orlando. Because the second half was probably the, the best defense the Magic played, certainly since the Golden State win. There was some of the best defense they played all year long. They held the Celtics to just, what was it? I'm going to pull up my stat, my stat sheet here. Uh, to just 44 points in the second half. This is one of the best offenses in the league. All the while, continuing to put pressure on, pressure on the defense through fast breaks, continuing to put the pressure on the defense through just getting downhill into the basket. That is, again, such a huge thing for the Magic. The, the, the stats that I look at when I'm looking at a box score to tell me whether the Magic won, there are a few things that I look at. First is points in the paint. Orlando outscored Boston 54-32 to 32 points in the paint. They were 27-45 in the paint. They could have done even better, honestly, than they, than they ended up doing, although they, they shot very, very well. Um, I look at second chance points. Boston with just eight offensive rebounds, 10 second chance points. Magic broke even there. In fact, Magic were three for 10 on their second chance opportunities. So again, some, the Magic even left points on the board here. Then I looked at turnovers. Orlando, 11 turnovers for 11 points. So they made a few mistakes, but not too many. 18 Boston turnovers for 19 points and 24 fast break points for Orlando. That was the unusual thing for Orlando. They were able to get out in transition. From there, it just became about them. And then uh, free throws. Uh, free throws is the big one. Free throws is the super big one. Magic at 24 free throw attempts to Boston's 11. Paolo Bancaro with nine free throw attempts. Although Orlando struggled from the line, shooting just 16 for 24. Paolo was six for nine. Um, Orlando was still the aggressors. And so that told me throughout the course of the game that as long as Orlando didn't foul, and they fouled a lot in that second quarter run, they were able. They were going to be able to stick to this game. They were going to be able to win this game. They were going to be able to zoom past the game, this this team if they continued to do the things that they were doing. And, and, and that's like the fundamentals, the foundations of this team. The Magic's defense was energized throughout the night. I thought Orlando, outside that that period of the second quarter when they fouled a lot, I thought Orlando played with great aggression defensively. I thought generally their rotations were pretty good. They gave up a few open three-pointers that, that Boston missed, so they got some three-point luck as they did up in Boston. Celtics shot 18 for 46 from beyond the arc, 39.1%. So the three-pointer did burn the magic a little bit. Uh, in this one, Boston is a three-point heavy team. Um, they got burned a little bit by it, but largely they contested shots. They made life miserable in the paint for the Celtics, uh, and they were able to get deflections and steals. Ultimately, Orlando has 10 steals, uh, three block shots, they were able to get themselves going in transition and, and get these easy baskets that this team typically doesn't get. You get a team that gets out in transition and a team that gets to the foul line at the rate that the Magic typically get to the foul line, you're going to score a lot of easy points and it's going to make things feel really easy. And, and again, this is how you bury opponents. And that's what the Magic did. They made enough shots because their offense was flowing pretty well. 
They made enough shots. They bothered the boss, the Celtics defensively. Uh, and they dominated and controlled this game. Again, and I, I, I say that truthfully. They, they controlled this game. Outside of that second quarter run and outside of maybe a run in the third, in the, in the third quarter, Orlando had its foot on the pedal and did not let up. This was a really, really impressive win. There's, there's, there's no other way to say it, no way, other way to get around it. The Magic did some really impressive things defensively. They were solid and, and fundamental in their in the rotations and what they were trying to take away and what they were willing to give up. They were flying around, uh, making Boston see their length, go through their length, deal with their length, uh, and frankly spooked them a little bit. It wasn't just Bull Bull flying out at guys that close out. It was all their guys were just... I wouldn't say on a string. I wouldn't say they were perfect defensively by any means, but they were disruptive and present at all times. And and this is how the Magic will need to continue to play defense. As big as Jonathan Isaac's return is, and it's big, and I think it did have a positive impact both on the attention to detail, on the energy that this team, uh, certainly on the energy that this team played with. And yes, Isaac's a big body who is smart defensively. And he might be a step slow, but a step slow for him is still on time for a lot of other players. Um, he, the Celtics were a little spooked. Like, no, no offense to Boston fans, it's, that may be inflammatory language, but the Celtics were a little spooked. The Magic got them early, put them down early, made them fe- made them feel them early, and really kind of took them out of their game a little bit. Um, and, and, and that's a credit to the Magic, and that's how this Magic team needs to play. That's what they didn't do in Washington on Saturday. That's what they need to do moving forward. So that's... Where the Magic stood after this game. This was, again, one of the best wins of the season. Uh, I don't care who, who Boston was without. They are a team on a roll. They are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They are one of the best teams in the entire league. And Orlando beat them up pretty bad. And Orlando controlled the game against them. And again, it's just a sign of this team's potential and what they can do when they play with the right energy, uh, focus, and attention to detail. And, and again, lots of really, really good things. We're going to go over the final box score here in just a minute. Talk a little bit about individual performances as we wrap up this game. The Orlando Magic winning 113-98. to Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Let's go through the final box scores. The Orlando Magic defeat the Boston Celtics 113-98. to Just a lot of really good things happening for this team. We're going to start with Paolo Bancaro. 23 points, 7 for 13 shooting, 3 for 5 from deep, 6 for 9 from the foul line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. 
Um, just, again, he was just really steady. And, and I think that's the real important thing. There are two guys that had kind of upper bound games and, and games that were just, you know, above what you expect from them. Everyone else was just really steady. I mean, 113 points is about, you know, maybe a little bit more than what the team averages, but just the, the, the impressive thing to me about this game was how relatively unspectacular so much of the Magic's offense was. They got out got out in transition. They scored 24 fast break points. That was the unusual part of this game. That was the part that took this game from solid game to great game because Orlando's defense generated a lot of the points and a lot of the energy. Got to give credit to Paolo Bancaro then because he he brings it for he brings it for his for, for his Duke Duke alum buddy Jason Tatum. Um, he was just real solid in picking his spots. Um, I thought especially early on in the game, he did a really good job establishing a physical tone for the for, for how they were going to attack the Celtics. The Celtics tried Blake Griffin and Al Horford um, uh, uh, to start this game. They put Horford, I believe, on Paolo. They put Blake Griffin on Wendell. Both of those guys took offense to it, <laughs> to, to be honest. And it's not that it's not that you know Al Horford's still a pretty good defender. He can't guard Paolo Bancaro in space. Blake Griffin is fine for what he is. He cannot guard Wendell Carter. And, and both Car- and honestly, Carter, who had 21 points, 8 for 13 shooting, 3 for 4 from deep, 11 rebounds for him. They both set the physical tone for this game. And again, coming out of that Washington game, that was a big theme, is, is setting a physical tone, letting them feel you, letting them know you're there. Um, doing that without fouling, too, but uh, Magic had... 12 total personal fouls to Boston's 23. So Orlando, again, the aggressors got the benefit of the whistle. Um, they let Boston know they were there. Uh, and that's, again, what's most impressive about this game. So I give Paolo Bancaro a lot of credit for that early. I'll give Wendell Carter a lot of credit for that early. They set the tone for how this game was going to be played and that the Magic were going to be the ones living in the paint and, 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 and taking it to them and putting pressure on their defense. That's a big credit to those two guys. Big credit then to Paolo Bancaro as well for finishing the game. The Magic were up by like eight or nine points, comfortably ahead, but you know Boston was still shouting distance away. Bancaro put the foot down and won this game. I put this game away at least. Hit a hit a couple big threes. Had a nice pass without a minute and a half left to Wendell Carter that just for a dunk that just ended the game completely. This you know Franz Wagner hit a big three as well in that stretch um, when two Celtics players collided with each other, um, trying to go for a loose ball. Um, the guys hit big shots. And again, that starting group, all at, all at least plus 10 in this game. That starting group struggled the last two games. They struggled against New Orleans. They struggled against Washington. They got back to being one of the best five-man groups in the entire league in this game. Again, the Magic's, the Magic starting lineup, maybe we need to update these stats. Maybe we need to talk about this a little bit more. The Magic starting lineup is one of the best five-man groups in the entire NBA right now. Uh, they played exceptionally well. Um, I know people are may, might be a little upset with Markel Fultz scoring eight points on three for nine shooting. He had five assists in this game. Um, they might be upset with Gary Harris, who had kind of a down game with uh, five points, two for five shooting. But they all did their jobs really, really, really well. Franz Wagner just filled up the stat sheet as well. 15 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Just got to the basket when he wanted. His layup package is, again, incredible. He got a couple, couple of mid-range shots to go down. Couldn't hit from the outside, but was still really effective. And again, just... What impressed me about this game was just how pedestrian everything felt, except for Jonathan Isaac, 10 points, 4 for 7 shooting, 2 for 3 from deep, 3 rebounds, and an assist, 2 steals. He was active, 
willing to mix it up physically, willing to do everything that you want him to do. Just a, just a fantastic debut considering how long he was out. Um, you know, this is just a good building block for him to start. He's not going to do this every time, but you can see his impact. You can see how much he's going to help this team win. Uh, and then Cole Anthony, driving force of this game for so much of it. 18 points, 8 for 12 shooting, 2 for 3 from the foul line, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, a block. He was trying to get downhill. He was trying to get to the basket. He was trying to make things happen. He did it without forcing anything. He didn't force many shots. He had a few. Let's not let's not pretend he didn't. Um, but he was he was on a mission to to us to to destroy that rim. He did it a few times. He was going to take the space that was given to him and get to the foul line, make a basket, make a layup. He was aggressive. Didn't settle. This is the Cole Anthony you want to see. Um, you know, again, his three pointers could come off spot ups for sure, but. You want to see him get downhill in transition. He's really, really smart at changing his pace. He's really, really smart at positioning and using his strength and his body to get to the basket and finish at the rim. It's tougher for him in the half court than it is in in, in fast breaks and in transition. But once he's able to get downhill, once he's able to get speed behind him, he is a very, very strong finisher at the rim. The Orlando Magic shoot 51.2% from floor, 11 for 27 from beyond the arc, 16 for 24 from the foul line. A fantastic offensive game. Boston just 98 points, 43.4% shooting again, 18 for 46 from beyond the arc, just 11 free throw attempts, 8 for 11. Jason Tatum had six of them. He had 26 points on 9 for 19, shooting 4 for 10 from, from beyond the arc. Solid defensive effort, to be perfectly honest, on Jason Tatum. He got going in the second quarter. Jalen Brown with 26 points, 5 for 11 shooting, 10 for 22, 5 for 11 from beyond the arc, 10 for 22. Overall, he got going, but once the Magic were able to slow those two down, the Celtics' offense just wilted on the vine. The Orlando Magic defeat the Boston Celtics 113-98 to in front of a sellout crowd at the Amway Center. The Orlando Magic back in action on Wednesday against the Indiana Pacers. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enable listening device. For Lace on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic, dealing Locked On Magic, this is Joel Cross and Mike. See you again next time for another episode. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.